At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Quote, it's not how white men fight. Text by Tucker Carlson to one of his producers, January 6th, 2021. That text is why Fox settled the Dominion defamation case. That text is why, in part, Fox fired Tucker Carlson nine days ago. It is racist. And worse than racist, it is the language of white supremacists. And yet, to me, one thing it is not is shocking. I believe that the morning the Fox Dominion voting trial was delayed, somebody around here suggested that either Dominion or more likely Fox had discovered something new in those Fox emails and texts, something that was worse even than what had been previously disclosed. Correct. And last night we found out what it was. The New York Times was given access to the redacted portion of Exhibit 276. Yes, they even have the exhibit number. Carlson was writing to one of his producers right after January 6th closed. He had recently seen video of a street fight in Washington. Quote, a group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living S out of him. It was three against one at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Unquote. Quote, it's not how white men fight. Unquote. It is racist. It summarizes Tucker Carlson's white supremacist nature. I understand why Rupert Murdoch settled rather than have that come out at trial out of the mouth of his employee. And I understand why Murdoch then fired Carlson. And further, I understand why Murdoch would have had somebody at Fox give that to the New York Times yesterday in order to dirty up their now ex-employee Tucker Carlson. But as I said, one thing I am not is shocked because I worked with Tucker Carlson for nearly three years. And that, that quote, 
it's not how white men fight. That's who he is. And sadly, who he is and who he has employed in the past dovetails with the reality that rather than racing to the only unblocked fire escape, CNN has doubled down on surrendering an hour or more of its prime time, uncontrolled, unvetted, live to Donald Trump next Wednesday. And it is hiding behind the idea that its moderator can push back against Trump's lies. And unfortunately, six years ago today, CNN's Trump moderator was working for Tucker Carlson and had on her resume horrific articles published on Carlson's website, The Daily Caller, one of which mocked American torture of detainees at Gitmo, and another of which mocked the nightmare of the refugees of Syria. And five years ago today, CNN's moderator had yet to apologize for a series of homophobic slurs she tweeted while a college student. And I think the rediscovery of those articles and those tweets is going to ignite a second scandal about this CNN Trump town hall next week that is going to cost CNN any remaining journalistic credibility it has. Biographies of Caitlin Collins, the moderator, that appear on CNN venues and elsewhere emphasize her reputation for tough questions. Even Vanity Fair's skeptical story about the town hall, from which I'm about to so freely quote, says this. But it should be noted that nearly all of those tough questions have taken place during the Biden presidency, and that she was banned by the Trump press office for asking questions during a photo op in 2018 and got a lot of anti-Trump mileage out of that, but has done little else to earn it. But given less emphasis is her origin story. Caitlin Collins was the White House correspondent for CNN. Prior to that, she was the White House correspondent for The Daily Caller, a right-wing propaganda site founded by Tucker Carlson. Erased from most of her biographies were tweets she wrote while a college student in 2011 using homophobic slurs. Erased from most of her biographies is an article she wrote while a Daily Caller contributor comparing a fundraiser done in 2014 to find a cure for ALS to the waterboarding of detainees at the U.S. extra-legal prison in Guantanamo Bay. The headline of that article reads, it's still online. The headline reads, quote, Ice Bucket Challenge Hipsters. These Guantanamo detainees did it first. Then the article shows photos and brief Collins-written biographies of the likes of Ramzi bin al-Sheib, Abu Zubaydah, and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, KSM. Of the latter, Caitlin Collins wrote, quote, In 2008, CIA Director General Michael V. Hayden publicly boasted that waterboarding had been used on KSM, making him one of the first hipsters to partake in the ice bucket challenge. He tops the list because KSM took the challenge a record 183 times, unquote. Caitlin Collins wrote that on August 18th, 2014, not even nine years ago. This is the, quote, moderator CNN wants us to believe is there to question what Donald Trump says. That was 2014. On November 18th, 2015, not even seven and a half years ago, Caitlin Collins wrote another article for The Daily Caller headlined, 13 Syrian refugees we'd take immediately. Her opening paragraph read, quote, 
and this is also still online, while a growing list of governors are claiming they won't allow Syrian refugees to enter their states, we think these women might make them change their minds. They are Syria slee hot, unquote. Caitlin Collins, whom a CNN executive wants us to believe will control Trump's lies and, quote, prod, ask questions, follow up, and try to get as revealing answers as possible. Homophobic, Islamophobic, mocking internationally condemned torture by Americans, reducing the plight of Syrian refugees to a tasteless online slideshow of attractive women, six years only removed from taking paychecks from Tucker Carlson. Obviously, America can trust Caitlin Collins to push back against Trump's lies. Or at least make another joke about Syrian refugees or waterboarding. Maybe she can ask Trump about her old boss talking about how white men should and should not fight. CNN's only way out of this now is to fire its CEO, Chris Licht, and fire its political director, David Shalian, and fire or demote its compromised moderator and cancel the Trump town hall and apologize to the nation. Instead, CNN is ratcheting up the rationalizations. Though CNN is surrendering editorial control of its network next Wednesday to Trump, its political director, Mr. Shalian, had the gall to tell Vanity Fair magazine, quote, we obviously can't control what Donald Trump says. That's up to him, unquote. He says the network is going to treat him like any other candidate and his sedition and criminality, quote, does not make our approach any different, unquote, than to any other candidate. Contained in those comments and the resurfaced Collins history is why CNN's remaining credibility as a news organization will be destroyed if it does not bail out of the New Hampshire town hall and do so immediately. And it is why CNN's diminished value even as a subsequent stripped-down resale asset, a television version of post-Musk Twitter, would be reduced to almost nothing, which might be the only thing Chris Licht and his masters might vaguely understand now. Although the Collins problem may be so big that even a fool like Licht will sit up and take notice. Trump, of course, is not like any other candidate in the history of this country, nor of any Western democracy. He is, first of all, a deranged authoritarian bent on destroying democracy. And the 2016 and 2020 elections should have proved to even the most unqualified person in a job like David Shalian's and that most unqualified person would seem to be David Shalian, that CNN's approach to Trump must be entirely different. Because while CNN cannot be expected to control what Trump or anybody else says, it is completely ceding its responsibility to the American people and to freedom when, as Shalian says, they're leaving those, quote, up to him, Trump has proven to be unrestrained by fact, by reality, by whether or not his words destroy the nation or kill Americans by the hundreds of thousands. Leaving anything up to him is to invite chaos, deceit, and death. To say, that does not make our approach any different, is to sink to the role of accessory before the fact. It is to reduce CNN to being a conduit, not merely to propaganda and lies and division and conspiracy theory and religious fanaticism, but to another Trump attempt to destroy the United States of America. To say that's up to him is to literally render CNN complicit in another attempted coup 
against not just the government of this country, but the very nature of the government of this country. These are the stakes. By letting Trump back on its air live with questions exclusively from his cult and his new enabler, Caitlin Collins, David Shalian and Chris Licht and all the others at CNN involved in this nightmare are co-conspirators in domestic terrorism. And they add to this a remarkable air of glibness and callousness and stupidity. Yesterday, CNN began to run promos for the Trump town hall. Pre-recorded things run as blithely as if they were telling you which oatmeal politician was to be the guest on the oatmeal Michael Smirkanish show. Caitlin Collins herself read one of the promos live yesterday morning. One of the other two surviving members of CNN's impossibly pedestrian morning program, Poppy Harlow, actually then said, quote, so looking forward to seeing that. Really important for him to take voter questions. He is the front runner right now in the GOP. Meantime, the political director, Shalian, also confirmed as fact a previously reported sourced allegation that, as if this somehow needed to be worse for CNN, makes it worse for CNN, that this was all CNN's idea. On Monday, Vanity Fair had quoted a Trump plotter as saying, quote, CNN executives made a compelling pitch. Shalian confirmed that. Quote, the heart of the pitch is that the town hall has been a central part of our campaign coverage, unquote. He said there would be follow-up questions from the moderator, quote, but the primary focus of a presidential town hall is to have the candidate interact with the voters. And that's why we convene these things, because we think it's so important to the process of voters making their choices. Political director Shalian added, quote, what we can do is prod, ask questions, follow up and try to get as revealing answers as possible. This master of both sidesism would not say whether there would be live fact-checking of Trump nor any other pushback against Trump's array of lies, but it's, quote, not new for CNN journalists to question Donald Trump, unquote. That is literally correct. It is also not new for Trump to humiliate, demean, threaten, and lie to CNN journalists and get away with it, as his invitation to be on CNN air again next week proves especially since the interaction will be live on CNN, especially since his complete lack of conscience and morality makes Trump the ideal liar and cult leader, and CNN has not once put anybody on the air able to knock down Trump's lies as quickly as he can spew them. But don't worry. Caitlin Collins will defend democracy for us. The Ice Bucket Challenge, she wrote has gone viral lately on Facebook and Instagram, raising awareness for Lou Gehrig's disease as people either dump a bucket of ice water on their head or donate $100 to the ALS Association. However, as with every trend, there are the hipsters who did it before everyone else. These Guantanamo Bay detainees were certainly first to do the ice bucket challenge, and it's high time they got their due. On this edition of Countdown, Kevin McCarthy will meet with the president next Tuesday to discuss the debt limit. 
McCarthy may think he has all the cards. Joe Biden may have a surprise for him. It appears defaulting on American debt is literally unconstitutional. And a president may cover the bills no matter what the Republicans do. Surprise. Speaking of surprise, Disney has sued Ron DeSantis because he punished them for using their First Amendment rights to protest his don't say gay laws in Florida. Disney may have a surprise witness to use against him. Him. DeSantis' new book is basically one long confession of how he punished Disney and Disney alone for using the First Amendment. And that old phrase, he's a modest man with much to be modest about, even if you don't have that much to be modest about, it pays to try to be that way. Let me tell you the story of Chet Curtis and dinner at Anthony's and the reminder to always be surprised that anybody knows who the hell you are. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline Washington, Speaker of the House Kevin Tucker. Tucker who? McCarthy has agreed to meet with the president next Tuesday to discuss the Republicans' latest threat to destroy the world economy if they can't cut the safety net, the debt ceiling. But McCarthy may get yet another surprise in his surprise-ridden, painful speakership. The New York Times reporting that Biden economic and legal officials believe that if the House really did go ahead and kill its hostage, the debt ceiling, the government would be constitutionally obligated to keep paying its debt anyway and would do so, leaving the Republicans with their debts in their hands. There is a clause in the 14th Amendment stating, quote, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. 
Administration officials have been debating for months if that means what it sounds like it means. The Times quotes University of Oregon constitutional scholar Garrett Epps, who writes, the Constitution's text bars the federal government from defaulting on the debt, even a little, even for a short while. There's a case to be made that if Congress decides to default on the debt, the president has the power and the obligation to pay it without congressional permission, even if that requires borrowing more money to do so. As we used to say on the playground, Congressman McCarthy, snag. Thank you, Nancy Faust. Dateline, California. Boy, oh boy, if the senior senator from that state is really is alive and well and ready to return to Washington, she has a damn funny and damn desperate way of saying so. Politico has put out a story saying that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer claims to have spoken to Senator Dianne Feinstein on Monday of this week. And he quotes her as saying she is hopeful she will return to the job next week. Not that Schumer actually said any of that, but Politico zoomed in on a photo taken of the notes Chuck Schumer was carrying at his press briefing yesterday, and item six of his talking points was an anticipated question about the debt limit and whether or not it was now time to tell Feinstein to quit or get off the pot. But nobody asked Schumer that question, so he didn't give that answer. But there it is in his talking points in the photo that he and Feinstein spoke Monday and both are hopeful she can return, even though he never said it. CNN then asked a Feinstein spokesperson about this. That person replied, quote, Senator Feinstein continues to make progress in her recovery. We don't have a timeline yet for her return to Washington, which is dependent on her medical team saying it is safe to travel. Unquote. The senator is supposedly recovering from shingles. I've had shingles. It is the worst illness you can have that cannot kill you or cause them to cut something off. I had it in 2014. I'll let you know when I'm fully recovered. But at its worst, you could travel a little bit each day and still be in Washington by week after next at the latest, even if you were traveling by Pony Express. Ahead, the day I learned never to assume anybody knew who the hell I was. First time for the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Yes, that one. You can't please everyone, especially not me. On December 11th, 2020, a woman named Kathleen Casillo was driving her BMW at 39th Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan when she plowed into a group of Black Lives Matter protesters, sending several of them flying into the air. Six injuries, fortunately none of them were life-threatening. The DA here has just cut a deal with Ms. Casillo, who claimed she feared for her safety and her daughter's Her daughter is 29, by the way, and she panicked and stepped on the gas. The deal they made with her? She was facing seven years in jail if convicted. She has instead pleaded guilty to reckless endangerment and has been forced to do community service. Five hours of community service. 
if I got up from this studio right now and went out on the street and waited for a cop to come by and stood in front of him and emptied out a city garbage can as he watched, the best deal I could get would be like 20 hours of community service. Oh, and by the way, if she stays out of trouble for six months, Ms. Casillo's conviction would be reduced to disorderly conduct. Christ, I'm surprised they didn't give her a gift coupon to Bloomingdale's. The runner-up, third time on the list this week, Greg Abbott, nominally listed as the governor of Texas when actually he wants to be the dictator of Texas. This authoritarian weasel has just gotten the state senate there to pass a bill that orders the secretary of state to overturn any election in Houston or in all of Harris County if the secretary of state merely says they believe the election has issues. That's it. And who appoints the Secretary of State in Texas? Why, the governor does. Greg Abbott, a Republican, a Texas Republican, therefore a fascist. And who's usually the winner in Harris County? A Democrat. So it could become law in Texas that a Republican governor can nullify a Democratic win just because. It is time for us as a country to stop spending federal funds on Texas. If Texas does not want to be part of a democracy, Go on out there without the money from the self-sufficient states, the blue states, and see how many days you last as the kingdom of Texas. But the winner, that small man in the high-heeled shoes, Ron DeSantis. Disney is suing him and the state of Florida over DeSantis's attempts to punish the company by changing the laws governing Disney World because Disney exercised its First Amendment rights, the ones that Republicans like Ronda fought so hard for in Citizens United, exercising its First Amendment rights by opposing Ron DeSantis's homophobic don't-say-gay laws. As Greg Sargent in the Washington Post noted, Disney has an unusual ally in its fight against Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Much of Disney's legal filings are simply direct quotations from DeSantis's new book, which is ironically titled The Courage to be Free. DeSantis repeatedly not only admits in the book that he targeted Disney and Disney alone for retribution for disagreeing with him politically, but he boasts about it. Ron, two months ago, people thought DeSantis might challenge for the Republican presidential nomination. Now they're wondering if he will be permitted to finish out his term as Governor DeSantis. Today's worst person in the world! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Still ahead on Countdown, one of my pups and I were stopped on a walk the other day by another guy with another dog, and a couple of minutes into the all-dog conversation, that is, the guy and I were talking about dogs. The dogs were not talking to each other, at least not that we heard. In the middle of this, the guy abruptly stops and recognizes me. Why didn't you say something, he asked. And I said, you wanted me to tell you my name? I then told him the additional story of why I never assume anybody has any idea who the F I am. I will tell you that story next. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need you can help. Every dog has its day. To New York, and this is a special and sad case. This is about Joe and the good folks at AMA Animal Rescue who saved him. First, Joe, who looks like a a Maltese mix, maybe a Havanese mix kind of big for a Maltese. He was hit by a car. They took him to the New York Pound, and of course the New York Pound put him on death row. We highlighted him on my dog rescue Twitter account, at Tom Jumbo Grumbo, and AMA Rescue pulled him out and saved Joe. And that's when it turned out Joe wasn't just hurt. He had a severe fracture of his pelvis that had all kinds of complications. He would need surgery. And then AMA Rescue found out Joe will need, in fact, two surgeries, and he has a blood infection, and this will cost thousands of dollars. Well, the rescue is not going to give up on him and say, no, just kill him. So if you can help Joe and you can help AMA Rescue with any kind of donation, you can find Joe on Cuddly or on both of my Twitter feeds. I thank you, and Joe thanks you. Now our number one story in the countdown and my favorite topic, me, and the lesson of humility and anonymity I learned one fine summer day from one fine Boston TV newscaster in the long ago year of 1984. I did not last long there. The station got mad at me for making jokes during the sportscast, which raised the question, why did they hire a guy known for making jokes during the sportscast? So I left... Ten days shy of six months, last day, right after I got back from covering the 1984 World Series, sitting next to another young Boston TV sports reporter named Carl Yastrzemski, and the last day was Friday, October 19th, 1984. It was short, but it was not sweet. But I did meet some extraordinary people, and I learned one extraordinary lesson that applies to a lot more of life than might be suggested at first blush. On the night of Friday, July 6th, 1984, Chet Curtis, who with his wife, Natalie Jacobson, were the mandarins of Boston television news, asked me if I wanted to go with him to dinner after our 6 p.m. newscast. The following Monday, I would move from sports reporter and fill in at the sports desk to anchoring the sports report every night on our 11 p.m. newscast. The year before, our station, Channel 5, had interviewed me for the job of sports director, but I made a terrible mistake in the interview with the general manager, Jim Coppersmith. I mentioned to him that we had met before 
when he was general manager of Channel 5 in New York, and I was an intern in their newsroom. This piqued Coppersmith's curiosity, since it had happened only five years later. That's when he found out I was not 28 years old, as his news director had told him, but I was only 24. So instead, he hired this guy from Florida named Lee Webb, and all you really need to know about Lee was that after he left the station, he became the, quote, newscaster, unquote, on the Pat Robertson TV network, and he started talking about what the Bible said about Ronald Reagan, and he often used the phrases, Republicans and Democrats and fire and brimstone in the same sentence. So... A year later, they had decided Webb was too dull and I was the coming thing, and they were splitting the sportscasting job in half. Lee would stay on the 6, and I would do the 11. And Chet Curtis, who had been on Boston TV since 1968, wanted to give me an idea of what was coming for me. So he said, let's go to Anthony's Pier 4. Kind of touristy fish place, but beautiful and great food. But I have to stop on my way to get a quick soundbite for the 11. Sure enough, Chet drove to a downtown office building, spied the Channel 5 cameraman waiting for us on the sidewalk, parked, and hopped out. Now, on any summer's Friday night, then and now, Boston's downtown is deserted. But this was a Friday night two days after July 4th. It was so empty, you could hear the stoplights change from red to green. Yet within a minute of Chet Curtis's appearance, there formed a crowd of somewhere between 50 and 100 people. Where they came from, I have no idea to this day. If you told me they had emerged from the sewers, I would have and would believe you. Without being asked, they formed a neat semicircle out of the range of the camera. Whoever the guy was that Chet was supposed to interview answered his questions quickly. The cameraman repositioned himself to get the obligatory Chet listens intently and intelligently cutaway shots. Then he said, okay, we're done. And the semicircle of civilians burst into applause. A few came over for autographs and pictures. One said to me, you're the new sports guy, I like you. Then they all left as stealthily as they appeared. We got back into Chet's truck. I was laughing nervously. How, uh, how, how do you get used to that? I mean, when I've gone to the ballpark, I, I get a few hellos and one or two autograph requests, but does this happen all the time? And How do you get used to it? Chet had a wonderful laugh. It does not happen all the time. It'll happen a lot more to you once you start on the 11, but don't get used to it. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have dinner with you, and the place we're going is where I learned the lesson I wanted to offer to you. So we go to Anthony's. The valet was saying, good to see you, Mr. Curtis, before Chet was fully out of the truck. His boss appeared. Good evening, Chet. People dining outside on the pier stared. Several waved. The Mater D beat us to the front door and held it open for us. And this is your new sportscaster. Welcome to Anthony's. Chet was more than gracious. He managed to simultaneously convey deep appreciation, low-key surprise at all the attention, and the sense that nobody was bothering him in the slightest. As we entered the dining room, there was polite applause. Chet waved almost, but not quite sheepishly. We were seated at the best table, at the best angle, to see the harbor. The reserved sign the manager of Anthony's removed was comically large. After the drinks arrived, Chet began to preach. Unless you're an athlete, nobody, he said, gets loved on as much in this city as people on TV, especially people on Channel 5. Now, it's a little quieter than usual because of the holiday. But when they first put me on the 11 o'clock news eight years ago, 
next to my beautiful bride. If I came in here, there would be people standing and applauding. Natalie doesn't really like that stuff, so she tends not to go with me to the big restaurants. But me, I'm just Chester from Amsterdam, New York, and I worked damn hard to get here, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. If there was an opportunity to come here before the late newscast, or after it, or on the weekends, I was here. I said I loved the fish. I really loved the applause. He laughed again. I mean, we're still number one, but maybe five years ago, we had higher ratings than the other two stations combined. There were months at a time when I didn't pay for a drink here, not one. And I came to depend upon that. And that's what I wanted to tell you. Don't. Don't get used to it. Don't expect it. Don't fail to be surprised by it, or at least... Don't fail to fake being surprised by it, because one day it happened. It happened right here, and I thought my career was over. At the age of 25, I know this will surprise you, I did not listen to a lot of advice. But Chet Curtis was bearing his soul here, and I felt a mixture of terror and rapt anticipation about what had happened to him. I think this was fairly early on, he said, mid-70s, and I drove up just like we did just now, and I straightened my tie, and I brushed my hair, and made myself ready for my adoring public. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. And I opened that door, and I went to that maitre d's stand, and I smiled, and there was a guy there I had never seen before, and he said, can I help you? And I smiled and looked to that bar where Danny always is. See him right now? No Danny. The bartender that day didn't even look back at me. So just as the sense of anxiety began to creep up on me, I said rather defensively, I'm Chet Curtis. And the maitre d' looked at me with annoyance and said, you have a reservation? And I thought, a reservation? I have an adoring public. I said, well, no, but usually Tony holds a table for me and says I don't have to call in advance. And the maitre d' says, well, I'm sorry, we're full. Without a reservation, the wait will be 90 minutes. And now I am sweating. And then there's a tap on my shoulder, Chet says. And I think, thank God, it's a fan of News Center 5. And instead, it's somebody who just says, excuse me, fella, can we get through? Jones, party of two, 7.30. And now I'm standing there, and I look around the bar, and I look around the dining room, and nobody recognizes me. Not a waitress, not a customer, nobody. And it starts in my head. Chet, I say to myself, what have you done? What did you say on the air? Nobody knows you at Anthony's. Nobody wants to know you. Your career is over. What did you do? And now, Keith, I am beginning to feel faint and panicky, and I run out the door to get back in my car, and I drive away as fast as possible, all the while thinking, what did you do to end your career? And just as I get to my car, another car drives out, and out steps in shorts and a t-shirt, Anthony himself. Anthony of Anthony's Restaurant, the founder, the owner, and he says, Chet, what the hell's wrong with you? You're pale as a ghost. And I stammer about my career ending and nobody inside recognizing me anymore. And and here Chet Curtis burst into laughter. I'm almost in tears telling him that the maitre d' said I'd have to wait 90 minutes because I didn't have a reservation. And now Anthony laughs and he says, of course nobody recognizes you. The whole staff is at our summer picnic. I only came in now to give them a chance to talk about me behind my back. Those guys in there are all per diems, freelancers. Everybody you know is at Nantasket Beach getting drunk. Chet finally stopped his own laughter, sipped from his beer, and very dramatically said, So, 
How do you get used to being recognized? Do not get used to being recognized because one day everybody you expect is going to recognize you will be out at a picnic at Nantasket Beach getting drunk that you don't know about. And all you will be able to figure out is that your career is over and you should go home and jump off your roof. So this is my advice to you as you start the 11 o'clock news in Boston. Never get used to it. I've done all the damage I can do here. Here are our credits. Most of the music was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olderman theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis and appears courtesy of ESPN Inc., Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And our announcer today was my friend Kenny Maine. Everything else is pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 848th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Don't forget to keep arresting him while we still can. A quick promo. Friday, I've got something I think is special. On Saturday of this week, as on every May 6th since 1954, the world has celebrated runner Roger Bannister breaking the four-minute mile barrier. The first man ever to run a four-minute mile. Except he was not the first man ever to do that, and his is probably the greatest, most undeserved record or accomplishment in sports history. It is a long and amazing story, and I will tell it to you on Friday. The next scheduled countdown is tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. 
that's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 